Win the battle of your musty, damp basement with an easy breathe ventilation system. Take charge of your indoor air. It's easy with basement ventilation to remove musty odors, pollutants, allergens, and airborne particles by 85%. An easy breathe ventilation system creates air exchanges for cleaner, fresher, healthy indoor air. And right now, get $250 off your own easy breathe ventilation system. Call 866-822-7328 or visit takechargeofyouair.com today. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from my Long Island bunker. Folks, it has been now over a week, or a week at that, I don't know, because time is a construct, since women and people with uteruses in this country have lost the ability to have bodily autonomy. I can't express how much this decision by this radicalized, corrupt Supreme Court with two stolen seats, both of which were stolen by Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump, and I am talking about Amy COVID Barrett, and I am talking about Brett Kavanaugh. We are living at a time that none of us have any basis, foundational understanding of. I think that what makes me so incredibly terrified in this time is that it is so unpredictable. Precedent no longer matters. The rule of law no longer matters. What the majority of people believe and want and vote for no longer matters. What matters are the opinions of nine justices, or rather six justices, who are imposing their radicalized Republican Christian fundamentalist vision for America on the rest of us who did not vote for them. In these lifetime positions, this court has not only signaled they have dropped an atomic bomb on the Constitution, on precedent, on our rights as citizens of these United States, the right to privacy, the right to be able to sue the government and police officers for not providing us with a reading of our Miranda rights, the ability of governors and mayors in this country to be able to keep their constituents safe from rapid gun violence in places where we have condensed populations of 8 million people and more. 
What this Supreme Court has laid bare is that our country, our democracy is fucking broken. I talk about this every single day on this show. I remember when I sat in my recording chair five years ago and said that Donald Trump's election was going to be the undoing of our country and it was going to be white supremacy's last stand. I said countless times over and over again that the fight for the soul of this country was going to get bloodier before it got better. Folks, that day has arrived. When I hear now that after Roe v. Wade has fallen after 50 years, that gun legislation has fallen after 100 years, that these radicalized Republicans are not just going to be satisfied with their patchwork of rights. They want to ensue. They want to create, excuse me, a nationalized ban on abortion. They want to at one time have states have all the rights, but only the states that they actually like, only the red states that are in line with their fucking dated and sick and twisted ideology to be able to oppress as many people as they want. And, you know, listening to Joe Biden now say that the time has since passed for there to be an end to the filibuster so that we can codify privacy into fucking law that cannot be changed at the whim of a Supreme Court or at the whim of a new president. I'm saying, where the fuck have you been? Right? We've been saying this black people in particular in this God forsaken fucking country have been saying this, but you see what I have recognized is that Republican and Democrat are playing the same fucking game and we are the chips. They are sitting at the same poker table and what they are trading back and forth are our rights. You see the democratic party now gets to purport themselves as the party of the people. But when you had the opportunity during the Obama administration to codify these laws, you decided that you would rather play with the people who would then later call into question Barack Obama's citizenship, call into question the legitimacy of Joe Biden's presidency, and then tell us outright that people of color, queer people in this country, people who are a non-Christian faith have no fucking rights, less those that are dictated by cis, white, hetero, powerful men in power. And you see the democratic quote unquote opposition is fine with that because they are a part of the patriarchal hierarchical structure in this country. They benefit from it. So they are using right now our rights as a fucking fundraising tool when they should have been out front knowing back from when the fucking decision for Roe v. Wade was leaked to take fucking action. Joe Biden has about five goddamn months to jam through and fucking expand the court because following the fucking upset that will be the midterm elections, barring an outside fucking miracle, you're not going to get another chance. So, you know, folks, uh, today I will be in conversation once again 
with Noreen Farrell, who is the executive director and CEO of Equal Rights Advocates. And we will be talking about this devastating opinion in the Dobbs case that fundamentally extinguished Roe v. Wade and the right to privacy and the right to abortion in this country. We will be talking about, from her perspective as also a lawyer, what it is that she believes can be done in the current climate that we are in with this administration in order to secure the rights of women and people with uteruses. We are in the fight for our fucking lives. And I think, unfortunately, it has taken a catastrophic loss and these continued losses that this radicalized fucking Supreme Court is is giving out, right, for people to wake up, for people, the privileged, the white and the privileged and the wealthy to wake the fuck up and realize that there is nowhere safe in this country for them. And that while they were totally fine with black people and queer people and non-Christian people being taken advantage of, being threatened, now that their own lives are threatened, is it too fucking late for us to do the work in order to secure our democracy? Is this just a losing battle at this point? I will be in conversation with Noreen about this and so much more coming up next. It's no secret that the news is horse pill hard to swallow. Thankfully, there's the Vituation Room podcast hosted by comedian and commentator Francesca Friorentini for a lighter take on the heavy stuff. Each week, the Vituation Room brings you progressive comedians, experts, and activists to break down the issues in a way that won't just leave you crying under a weighted blanket. Get the Vituation Room on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and streaming on YouTube and Twitch. There. I want to tell you about another podcast I think you'll love. The Brown Girl's Guide to Politics hosted by Ashanti Goler, the president of Emerge. BGG is the one-stop shop for women of color who want to hear and talk about the world of politics. Join Ashanti this season as she talks to incredible women of color who are changing the face of politics and tackling some of the most important issues facing the United States. From reproductive justice to voting rights to climate change and more. Tune in every Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, I am very happy to welcome back to Woke AF Noreen Farrell, who is the executive director of Equal Rights Advocates, um, to discuss the new hellscape that we are living in post the Supreme Court's decision to deny precedent to return uh, women and people with uteruses back to the 20th century to a time when bodily autonomy Uh, was not ours, was not a thing. Noreen, I just want to start off as I've been starting off with all of these conversations with uh, organization leads, with friends, with family, which is, my God, um, how are you even distilling your emotions at this time uh, with this decision? Um, I, I am compartmentalizing the hell out of um, these past couple of days because the devastation is so deep um, and I'm exhausted thinking about the work ahead. Um, But I am so angry and so fired up and so clear um, 
about uh, the the right side of history here. I mean, it isn't. We've seen fifty years of gender justice progress just decimated, and I think mm -hmm. that we are in for the gender and human rights battle of the century for a bodily autonomy. And I'm just trying to ground myself as a as a as a mother, as a human, as a leader, as a lawyer, um, as a protester and an activist. Um, and, and, and trying to, uh, really get clear about one step after the next to mitigate the harm. I want you to put on your, your lawyer hat for us for a minute, which I'm sure you probably don't take off these days, but you know, in the decision, um, that Alito wrote, um, and then the concurrent decision that Clarence Thomas wrote, it is very clear and evident where this radicalized and corrupt, in my humble opinion, not putting words in your mouth, corrupt Supreme Court is headed. Um, they do not believe that any of the cases that were won under privacy, uh, such as Roe v. Wade, such as Obergefell, such as Lawrence, such as um, the, the, the cases that we have seen over the last decade plus, they don't believe in it. And so I want to get your legal understanding and how you were able to distill this decision and then the concurrent opinion from Thomas about the assault that they want to have on privacy and on autonomy in this country. Um, how do you see their decision? Well, look, uh, you know, we're dealing with a majority court that consider themselves originalists. Um, and so that means that women and black people and anybody else who was excluded from the writing of the constitution in 1787 um, won't be considered in its interpretation. Um, I think that, um, uh, I think that the dissent made really clear there are no promises from any member of the majority of this court that we can uh, we can depend on. And Clarice Thomas was very clear about what's next. Um, I think that um, we just have to accept that the front lines of the federal judiciary for our civil and constitutional human rights is gone. And we are back in the states. We are talking about um, state constitutions and what can be done to fortify them. Um, but uh, even if the Supreme Court doesn't want to start to unravel some of these prior decisions, um, allowing us to have the family of our choosing to marry who we want to, our basic privacy rights, um, you, this is the green light to states to do just that in their own courts. And, um, you know, I, I'm looking at uh, fast, furious, chaotic, um, and uh, incredibly compact, complex uh, state and federal litigation uh, in the next two decades, uh, based on what on ha what happened on Friday. You know, but we say that the federal um, federal protections are gone, and that we're going back to the states. But if you look at the decision that was made with regard to New York's ability to have a 111-year-old law on the book that would deny people the right to conceal and carry in this state be overturned, it is evident that they don't actually believe in states' rights as long as it is about protecting individuals. If it is about 
taking away rights, like the state's ability to say, we're going to be an abortion provider state, an asylum state, um, that they still have their eye on that as well, right? So this court is both saying, oh, it's states' rights as so long as you're taking away rights, but if you are providing safety uh, and, and, and sanctuary for people, then that's not your decision to be made. So what, what is the strategy for you, uh, and your organization as you go into these States, knowing that, you know, there is a faction of the Republican party, um, who sees a national abortion ban in their sites, uh, in 2024, that does not believe in States' rights. They want a totalitarian Rule. So what's the strategy that you see going forward? Um, well, my T-shirt on the on the streets this week was if my you know, uterus had bullets, would it be uh, have more rights? Um, I, I think, yes, that the, the hypocrisy <laughs> of um, of the state's rights argument. And, uh, you know, I've been in the past couple of days and head on heads with uh, people that are hailing the, the decision. Um, there is just there's obviously no intellectual or legal integrity in no. what's happening. Um, and so I do think that um, I, I do think that, um, you know, it, it's going to take about 20 years, I think, for the Supreme Court to start to um, uh, detach some of that hypocrisy and legal analysis. Um, I, I do think that there is a space, though, pr- potentially for lower level federal courts on some of these issues to you know, seize on that kind of precedent of um, what's happening in terms of gun control to support um, federal, you know, whatever semblance of federal protections there are for basic privacy rights, if not abortion. Um, and so um, you can be sure that legal advocates are going to be seizing on uh, places where, um, where the federal government and, and judiciary has stepped in in terms of, of rights and, and apply them uh, for gender, racial, and economic justice. But that being said, I think that the strategy, um, uh, I think the strategy, uh, fr- frankly, there's a you know, good case that came out of Florida by a J- Jewish synagogue, right, saying that this is a violation of my religion really setting up Mm. other core constitutional rights that are being undermined by this decision and by state laws, I think are very smart. Um, You know, the, the, the duty of care that's owed by physicians, uh, religious freedom to have bodily autonomy. I think that these are places where, um, you know, that hypocrisy can be, and those contradictions can be seized on by the right federal courts, potentially. Um, I, you know, I, I, I do think though that um, that aside, we are definitely going to have to be changing who is selecting judges who are on our bench. I mean, we, I'm not the only one th- that thinks the Biden administration needs to be thinking about much more radical steps right now um, in terms of the court's composition, et cetera. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think there's any even pretense of, intellectual judicial integrity in what happened on Friday. Um, and hopefully the voters will see that as well. Um, because well, un- unlike I, guns, I think, I think reproductive justice do hit core economic justice rights, which, which are very important to, uh, a wider swath of voters. 
You know, I, I want to go back to the point that you just made about the Biden administration, because I will tell you that, you know, with the people that I speak to on a regular basis, uh, uh, there is a deep frustration that is growing with this administration and their lack of sense of urgency, the lack of urgency, um, the lack of of strategic thinking, right? Um, the lack of pushing boundaries to the limits that the federal government has, what the voters keep hearing is, oh, we can't do this. We can't do that. Oh, it's up to Congress. Um, so I, I want to get your thoughts on what is it that you do believe that the administration could be taking, the steps that they could be taking, or frankly, friggin' the steps that they should have been taking knowing, uh, you know, several weeks ago when we got the draft decision that this was coming down the pike. So it, it was like as if everyone was just kind of sitting around in the Democratic establishment and in this administration, you know, just looking up at the sky or navel gazing, and we're saying our rights are under attack. So it, and, and you know, just recently, uh, Vice President Harris did an interview where she's being asked about their sense of urgency. People want you to do something now. And she goes, do what now? So what, what is your response to that? You know, there comes, there's, comes a point in the movement where it doesn't matter if your strategy works. It's the fact that you pursued it. Come and on. I think mm -hmm. that, um, I think that I find this this frustration often with people in Washington who are very cognizant of the rules, um, but they are not cognizant of the optics of not even trying to break them. You know, making moves right now to expand the Supreme Court, you know, getting getting the DOJ and others with all the state attorney generals and supporting state by state defense with the resources of the administration, right? Being a leader in coordinating that, um, you know, making moves to, you know, make sure that the Equal Rights Amendment is passed and then bringing a, bringing a you know, a countersuit as a violation of that constitutional right. You know, thinking about, um, you know, not to mention all the legislative, you know, fixes that should be coming up again and again and again, and making the election about those legislative fixes, right? I mean, as we sit, you know, as we sit here, Barbara Lee has an amazing, you know, bill that would have countered what happened. And it's just, it comes and goes, and then it's quiet. I, I just think they need a concerted legal, legislative, executive strategy um, mm -hmm. administrative regulatory strategy, and frankly, a mobilizing strategy um, and, and working with progressive governors um, in this moment. Um, you know, we've got the governor of, we've got the governor of Michigan challenging a book that's been on, you know, a law that's been on the book since 1931 that would, you know, felonizes, uh, uh, you know, abortion and reproductive health care access that's challenging it in court, right? And lending those resources and being vocal about it. Um, it, you know, it, it can't be like, we, we it's just all going to be about the election. This has happened right now. Um, you know, getting, pursuing, I bless AOC pursuing, how do we, how do we get rid of these, these judges that lied about respecting precedent? Um, you know, I mean, they lied under oath, right. And you're yeah. a lawyer. So you tell me, isn't lying under oath. Isn't, isn't there a penalty for that? These are the kinds of, you know, these are the kinds of, uh, you know, actions that I think would really, you know, build faith among those of us who know, 
the incredible harm and devastation and the lives that will be lost because of this decision. So, um, you know, I think that we in the legal community, we as activists, we are trying to embold um, federal action and executive action as much as possible. Say we've got your back. Do what we're doing um, in California at the federal level. Introduce a package of 13 bills at once that talks about, you know, respecting the Hippocratic Oath of Doctors, that talks about um, potentially, you know, equal protection cause claims for basic worker rights to do their jobs. You know, you know, there are so many who, who are bringing, you know, bills about religious freedom for bodily autonomy. Take your cues. There are so many strategies mm -hmm. that have been percolating in the states that are, you know, very exciting and creative, and they could be a roadmap for executive and federal action right now. And I think that that would, um, you know, we just need the the severity of what happened to be met by a, you know that kind of response um and uh it's it's really i i mean and also from you know from corporate america from every from every source we need to be reading this as it is because you can bet that there's been you know five decades of organizing for this moment by the right wing and um you know we're just going to be battered by state laws right now um, in the absence of really clear executive and federal action. Lorraine, why do you think that we became so complacent? And I mean the collective we, progressives, Democrats, because, you know, the thing that I keep talking about is that I'm not so certain why all of this was a shock. Republicans have been organizing in plain sight for 50 years. They've been telling you, Donald Trump told you, right, that I am going to elect conservative judges who do not believe in a person's right to choose. Um, you Democrats knew this when Obama was in office and allowed Mitch McConnell to hold a Supreme Court seat hostage and didn't push back. We allowed Amy Covid Barrett to be elected to uh, to be appointed to the Supreme Court. And when the Biden administration came in, they there was no pushback to that fact. Democrats did not put up a fight to block um, uh, to, to block her from being placed on the bench. It's as it's as if. Everyone keeps thinking that we're going to get another bite at the apple. And I said, it's done. So I'm just, I, I, I want to know, like, how do you think that we got here? I think it's a lot. I think it's a lot, a, a lot of forces at play. Um, and you're right. We only have ourselves to blame. Um, but, you know, when we, when we, we hear in the writings, like you're right, Justice Barrett, about we could be leaving babies at, uh, you know, at the steps of churches. You know, we're talking about children that are 11, 12 years old getting pregnant and having babies uh, without the access to abortion. Um, you know, I, I, it doesn't come as a surprise to me because I don't know that this country has ever taken seriously really fighting the patriarchy or racist power structures. Um, we mm -hmm. see that in, you know, this abortion ban is in the context of the contraction of basic supports that allow uh, women and people with uteruses and people with family to work, to be educated. Let's just talk about education. This is the 50th anniversary of Title IX, <laughs> which is supposed to ensure that every kid in this country has equal access to education. How is that possible if you can't decide when and if to have children? 
So I, I, you know, you and I both know that this has never just been about abortion. It is about the the benefit, the benefit that, that comes out of gendered roles, you know, keeping women out of the workplace, dependent on male breadwinners, uh, out of the political process that impacts their lives. And so I think that people across the aisle benefit from that. We don't need to look any further than the fact that we could not pass uh, a universal childcare package, that the 26 states that are now um, forcing births have not passed paid leave in their states. And so I, I think that we, um, we really hurt ourselves when we continue to talk about issues in siloed ways because it just makes you feel like you're whack-a-moling. And I'm sure that that's what yep. is happening at the federal level. Let's get this one. Let's get this mm-hmm, one. Let's mm-hmm. do this. As opposed to saying, unless you're really taking a comprehensive approach, these are going to accumulate to a perfect storm of what happened on Friday and that will continue to storm over the country for decades to come. And I I just think that we need need leaders that are articulating this in that way. Um, And we need voters to get it in that way. Um, And there's such a conservatism about even, I mean, you and I talked about this the last time. I don't even think the word was abortion. Abortion was used in the last presidential address. He, I, I, I literally, I sat there, <laughs> Noreen, big, and I was, and I was, and I'm listening to this emergency address in the afternoon and I was waiting and it was like, what, 10, 15 minutes. Abortion was not uttered. And I said, what the fuck? Like in this particular time at this moment where people are running out of their homes into the streets to protest and the president of the United States, when abortion was just taken away from over 50% of the population, you can't say the word. So then how do you plan on fighting? You know, I think, I, I think, I think that obviously we hope all of these things become calls to action. But today, today, Mm -hmm. Congress could be introducing a a constitutional amendment in conjunction with progressive governors in every state introducing constitutional amendments, state and federal, that are explicit about the right to abortion, the right, saying the word sex and race instead of just equal protection in our constitution, and really using it as a two-year campaign until the presidential election to rally every single state's state around basic human rights. We need to stop thinking about what we can get and lead with the vision of what people need now and simultaneously. And I, I just think we're gonna we're gonna get a lot further that way. And so I, you know, I'm not just looking at sort of you know, the incredible creativity in, you know, judicial and legal advocacy over the next two years. I'm also looking for the bravery of electeds. You know, they've got an opportunity as folks are, you know, uh, approaching, you know, November to really lay out very bold and visionary plans. And that's where we have to put our votes and that's where we have to put our money. I'm saying this as a C3 leader, of mm-hmm, course, mm-hmm, I want to activate mm-hmm. people on issues and you know frankly who the candidate is you know is less important than what they're trying to what their what their vision is um 
but I, I, I think, you know, I think there are these lofty practical legal concerns, but then there's also, we're really focused on basic access, money. How do we engage high road employers? How do we keep them from getting sued for just giving travel money? Um, you know, so I think that this is, um, there's a lot of people from within the communities most impacted who've been leading the fight to protect abortion for decades. Um, we need to continue to center that leadership. They know what their communities need on the ground. And hopefully those will be the ones that will be you know, activated by visionary political leaders in this moment. Um, it, is, it is there for the taking. Uh, I, and I, I just, we just have to hope that um, you know, we keep amplifying that um, this isn't the time for mild-mannered mild sitting on your hands. Gosh, oh geez. It really isn't. This is a this is the decimation decimation of, of progress across uh, decades. Last question for you, Noreen, real quick. Um, one of the questions that I was asked recently um, on uh, on MSNBC was, "Well, Danielle, you know, will the temperature cool off uh, from the anger? Will this be what is going to move people to the polls?" And I will say that. The way that the question was asked was not correct because the question was, will this get white women to the polls? Right. But it was asked, it was, it was phrased in the way around suburban women. And we all know what those euphemisms mean, but the temperature in this country right now, Noreen is hot, right? Like we are, we are at a, we are at fever level. Um, and, and I, and I am wondering, do you believe that the level of rage that people are feeling now is going to sustain them for November? I think the most powerful asset and strength we have right now through November are our stories. I, and, and people like you bringing them forward. You know, there was that Twitter where I saw about the medical profession coming out to talk about 11-year-old girls being pregnant that just, you know, I know that intellectually, I, I, I know those stories, but we have to keep up the drumbeat of the people most impacted that I think those stories of, um, you know, people having to get abortions with, with dying babies, with women just having too many children or people with uterus having too many, telling our stories, bringing humanity forward um, is really going to be a very, very powerful tool to keep that drumbeat up. Because as long as you can put your, you know, your head in the sand and be like, you know, this is about people not using contraception correctly, you know, bringing up the, 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 where this is going, not just the slippery slope, the cliff of where this is going. Come on. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that there is a single person in this country that it won't touch, um, this, this right wing, uh, agenda. And I, I, I do think continually bringing that up and, and having those shared stories of humanity is going to be critically important to keep us mad, to keep the urgency, to, to make us everyone remember this is a matter of life and death. And also, you know, centering those most impacted as our leaders, as voters and mm -hmm. elections and those voices. Um, I think it's incumbent upon us. And, you know, we, we intend to do that organizationally uh, and, you know, with those of us in our movement. Well, Noreen, um, Woke AF is here with you in this fight. And so we hope to have you back many times 
as as we continue to cover this story, as we continue to lift up voices of people and to tell the story of what this radical right wing agenda is trying to do in this country, um, as well as around the world. We appreciate you. We Thank are you. so grateful for you. And we're um, so grateful to stand with this stand uh, with you on this. Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ricci is one of the latest shows on the TYT network and also the fastest growing news show in America. On his show, Dr. Ricci plays no games regarding policy, delivering a heavy dose of fact-based truth and penetrating analysis on all the top news stories focusing on racism, criminal and social justice, politics, police brutality, Karens, and much more. Listeners can also expect interviews with fascinating guests, political leaders, commentators, and even fiery debates with conservatives on a wide range of policy topics in the bullpen. It is an indisputable fact that you will love this show. Listen to Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ricci on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. That is it for me today, friends, on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Imagine getting in a hot, stuffy car in the summer. You know how it cools off much faster when you roll down the windows first to get the hot air out? Well, that's exactly how an Easy Breathe basement ventilation system works. Removing all the musty, damp, stagnant air and replacing it with fresher, cleaner, drier air. Take charge of your air with Easy Breathe ventilation and get $250 off today. Ask about DIY kits. Visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com or call 866-822-7328. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.